0: This is the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast.
1: We are your study buddies for neonatology topics.
0: I'm Dr. Ben Korsha.
1: And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbeau. Welcome.
0: Welcome to all the listeners. Hey, Dara, how are you?
1: Good. How are you doing, Cammie?
0: Pretty good. Excited about today. I am too. I think it'll be fun. Uh, thanks to Daphna and Ben. I love what they created, this spinoff, this board review spinoff podcast. Totally it's really agree. bringing our content in a new way, and I and I and think I really appreciate that. I think that's great.
1: I agree. It's fantastic. I'm learning a lot, actually.
0: As well. I'm remembering content. I'm like, wow, I haven't thought about that in a while. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, today we're going to chat about study and test taking strategies. And, and Dara has actually had some formal training in this, and I just kind of go by live and learn. So, (laughs) (laughs) and definitely have absorbed a lot from Dara. Well, that's good to hear. (laughs) I think to start in, in, preparing for the test. For me, the, the most important thing was finding that study partner um, and, and having you, Dara, as that study partner was very fortunate. And I think in doing so, you want to find someone who's just as intense maybe as you are and, and taking everything as seriously, but brings maybe a different style, complements your work a little bit. So you get at pieces of information in two different ways.
1: I agree, and I think that's why you and I work so well together. We're both similar in that we're thorough and detail-oriented, maybe just a little bit type A, um, but sometimes we also did focus on different content, right? So, um, Kami, I don't know, do you want to start off by describing what we actually
0: did? Well, we're going to come to the timeline in a minute, but we we had an idea of what we wanted to do and the and the subjects we wanted to cover. And we just said, okay, on this date, we're going to cover pulmonary. And so we went off and did our own thing, which I think was really helpful. And sort of as those that are learning about our styles a little bit over time, Dara, I think, chipped away every day. It was very methodical in what she was doing, where I kind of wait closer to the end. <laughs> but we both we both did it, and we both met those deadlines. And so when we met... We kind of taught each other, and you would format something a little differently than I would format, or you made connections a little differently than I made connections, but we were both prepared and ready to talk about it when that, when that due date, so to speak, came around. True. Um, I think, like, at the
1: time, we didn't even know that there was science to back up the way we decided to study, and I think, ultimately, that's uh, why we were so effective. Um, in remembering the content. But again, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. I think we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I agree. I think um, we each selected a partner that worked well for our learning styles and our sort of studying technique.
0: You know what I can't remember is how we initially had that conversation. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to think about that. I can't remember exactly. But what about the person who doesn't want to study with somebody or doesn't have a study partner, I think that's okay too. I just think that individual will have to sort of just make sure they're accountable to their schedule and, and what they lay out. But this is another reason why I love the spinoff is because in a way, Daphna and Ben are their study partners. And so as they know that these episodes are coming up, you can prepare for that and then settle in and listen to a few questions and and see if you not only can get it right, but you hear from two different people sort of how they would have approached that question.
1: Yeah, I love that, Kami. I think I didn't um, correlate that with, you know, sort of studying solo and having this podcast. Um, but I agree with you. I was never one who actually had a partner in studying. And to be honest, I think you might have been the first one um, <laughs> that I studied for a test for, because I was always kind of nervous that the person, um, you know, I'd feel like kind of dumb studying with them and and they would know how little I, you know, they'd learn how <laughs> little right. I knew. Um, but you sort of made it feel comfortable. And I realized that we each knew different material and that made me, you know, sort of continue keep, keeping my confidence up. But I agree with you, Ben and Daphne could be your partners when you're yeah, studying
0: now. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, I think also uh, an early step is to think about your study resources and starting with a good textbook. And I remember that was one of our first steps that we decided to do. Um, And at at the time, right, when we studied, there wasn't really any review book for the neonatology boards. So we um, looked around initially for a good general neonatology Mm -hmm. textbook. And we took the approach that I recommend when fellows ask me for what textbook they should purchase for studying and for training in general. And I remember going to the hospital library um, at Children's and sitting on the floor and with four neonatology textbooks in front of me. And for each book, I opened up to the chapter on RDS. And at the time, it was called HMD remember that (laughs) hyaline membrane disease, right? right? And um, I scanned each book and then um, picked the one that had the style that I thought would work best for studying. And that turned out to be the Fanneroff and Martin textbook. Um, We studied a lot from that book.
0: Yeah, that was our primary text for the most part. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We had other books, though, um, which I thought were really user-friendly. Like we used Park's pediatric cardiology book. Um, They had some really nice images about the lesions and it was formatted really well. Dubin had an EKG book that I really liked. Um, And then we, of course, I'm sure everyone uses Smith's genetics book. Um, I remember we even went back to medical school and Guyton for, uh, for physiology was amazing. And we used that. What other books do you remember?
0: I, I think we knew early on that, some form of pattern recognition was going to be important, you know. Um, yeah. Radiological images, EKGs, Durham photos books. of yeah, skin lesions, photos yeah. of congenital syndromes, and so that's why all the text you mentioned. And I would also there's a, there's a couple out there that look at specific radiological images for the newborn. I would definitely pick up one or, or a couple of those and just flip through it and make sure you can recognize. Um, and that, that was really important. And I think the other thing is now that review books are an option, I think always remember these sources and that these other sources are available to you because there may be something that's printed there in a succinct style for a review book style and it may not be phrased or summarized in a manner that connects with you, and that's okay. So just go back to these primary sources, read about it, then read the sort of distilled statement and supplement it, make it your own.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, today there's, there's so many options, more than just books, right? So there, we have now two board review courses. There weren't any at the time mm-hmm. that we studied, the specialty review and mm-hmm. Prep. Um, the online questions from Neo Reviews Plus are also helpful. Um, and then we have a lot of uh, review book options just for neonatology. And yeah. some of them I'm not going to name. There are competitors, <laughs> but uh, there are more than just ours out there. Um, Q&A books also. There are a few of those. Um, and again, as we've mentioned a couple of times, Daphne and Ben's new board review podcasts are super helpful.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, what I would recommend not doing because it's very tempting, almost like in college when you skip a lecture and you want, like, can I look at your notes? I wouldn't recommend actually sharing a, a, or asking for other people's content, mm. even if they're willing, and they should be willing. Like I'm happy to give anybody my old index cards. I don't even know if they're worth anything now, as far as the content that's on it. But it's there is a science behind you going through that process and even hand creating right handwritten cards in your notes and how that just helps imprint the content and so i i would try to refrain from Taking someone's notes or cards. Even when we would get together and you would make a card that I didn't make. We would share our cards and say, and you know, 80% were the same cards. But there was always some that Dare made that I didn't bother to make or vice versa. And we would copy each other's cards, but I wouldn't just slip your card into my deck. I recreated it and in my own handwriting so that I could visually and with and physically I guess with my hand make those connections so that they stuck better so try not to like in your cramming session to rely on other people's notes because that might give you a false sense of security I agree I mean th- we definitely thought of uh,
1: those cards that we created they were different even mm-hmm. though they had the same content we just think a little bit differently while you would have like a flowchart on something I might have a table right. Um, or just bulleted things. So I I agree. We have a little bit of a different style. Um, And I think that's something you have to keep in mind too, because now there are almost too many resources and you can't look at everything. And maybe there's a little bit more pressure now to feel like you should, but you do really need to think about your own learning style to decide what works best for you. I think you do, it is helpful to have a combination of sources, but um, really limiting them to the, the ones that are most high yield for your um, studying.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. How about the timeline? You're a, a taskmaster. <laughs> yeah, I think that
1: is another step. So after you figured out like your buddy, if you want one or not, and then your resources, I think creating that timeline is key. And you want to map out um, how you're going to make sure that you cover each system. Um, And of course, that should be proportional to the ABP, American Board of Pediatrics content specs. And Ben and Daphna had on a podcast, they mentioned that this has been changed for the March 2022 uh, exam. So you should take a look at that. Um, But in addition, I think you also need to keep in mind your knowledge base. And it's not really this one room schoolhouse approach. So, for example, Cami, I think if we were to study today, I don't think you would need to study GI or nutrition that much. And I think I would focus less on MFM and cardiology. Right, so, right. You, you do need to fine tune it. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, when you're looking at your timeline, you also need to take into account your service, your call schedule, family responsibilities. Um, And you you should also have some flexibility that you build in on the back end because you may need more time for a certain topic. Uh, And I remember, I can't remember which topic it was, but I remember I wasn't sticking to our timeline. It's very frustrating (laughs) because there was a topic that I needed a little bit more time in. And you do have, but it was helpful to know that we had that back end flexibility built in um and nowadays especially with covid you never know whether you'll need to do more yes. coverage or wow. um you know so it's it is important to keep that in mind
0: i know so unpredictable right now i agree i don't think i have much more to add to the timeline in general it just like having a partner it helps with the accountability and again allow if you do have a partner even yourself kind of like you said Forgive yourself for life. It happens, and and I think being strict on your partner and how they get to the content doesn't really make sense either. Just that you 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 have a path and a timeline to follow, and mm. try to have fun with it and learn from each other. Yeah. Was I a difficult taskmaster, Cami? Was I really pushing you on the timeline? I can envision myself <laughs> doing that. I should have known because uh, <laughs> then I would have been prepared for our our writing our books together. <laughs> And you got worse, though, but I still have well, you there oh, excuse me it could have been that you got worse
1: <laughs> as well. right
0: right right maybe I got worse well i I reemphasize it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there, show some accountability, you know let let the styles complement each other
1: right. I mean, for the <laughs> listeners out there, we the two of us have very different styles in the sense that. I am ahead of schedule usually and I'm always on time and, um, and Cammie is sort of like using every possible last minute to, and she'll get there and finish the material, whatever, whether writing a book or studying together. But for me, who's sort of,
0: done things a lot earlier, it could be a little frustrating. <laughs> well, Dara was great. Dara, you know, she would announce her progress as if somehow that was going to motivate me. So she'll stop by the office and said, I just created 20 cardiology cards. And I'm like, okay, you know, I've done zero. I just created another 20 the next day. I'm like, okay, I'll have my hundred too come Friday. So just settle down. So anyway, right. it yeah. works. <laughs> it did, it did. I still wish I could remember exactly how we got together uh, to study.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, right. yeah. So long ago. I don't know well, let's well setting
0: really it thought. up. Maybe, maybe the next segment we can talk about how do you get to retain the material? How do you get it to stick in your head?
1: Excellent. Actually, can I add one more thing before we hold, um, take a break for a second? Um, I think it's, When you're studying also, I think it's important to focus on one system. I think you did this too, Cavi, right? Where um, in, so you read everything, let's say on pulmonary, and then you do all the pulmonary questions, and then you listen to the pulmonary podcast. And I think the reason why that's most helpful or a good potential approach for people is that it helps you retain the material and also take a deeper dive Um, into, you know, sort of learning that content.
0: I don't know. Is that something that you did as well? Yeah, I I think there is something about sticking to a subject, but maybe that back end time that you talked about, there's also a value of mixing it up, right? Sometimes you may get things right because you're on that track, but your questions are going to come at you all from different systems. So maybe the back end, you start mixing things up, shuffling your cards. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to NICUPodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at NICUPodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.